Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts from Property Apprentice. Join me today for the Week in Review where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Topics for this week. First up, we've got one roof on the 26th of September. First home buyers quiet comeback as job market keeps messy price crash at bay. Secondly, from interest.co.nz on the 25th of September, whether first home buyers are benefiting from falling house prices depends on where they live. Third topic, landlords.co.nz, 27th of September, property managers flout privacy rules. Fourth topic, the New Zealand Mortgage Mag on the 26th of September, new loan option for property investors. And topic number five, interest.co.nz on the 29th of September, ANZ economists expect house prices to keep falling over summer. So first up, we've got the One Roof article on the 26th of September, First-time buyers quiet come back as job market keeps messy price crash at bay. There are five things you need to know this week from CoreLogic Chief Property Economist Calvin Davidson. First of all, home buyers quietly returning to the market. CoreLogic's buyer classification data shows first-time buyers are increasing their share of all property purchases. To be fair, the number of deals is still low, but the rise in the relative presence of the first-home buyers suggests that prices are more affordable and that the caps for first-home grants and the removal of the caps for first-home loans have contributed to this change. On the other hand, mortgaged multiple property owners and investors have shrunk their market share to a record low of 21%. This is due to low gross rental yields and slowing rental growth and higher mortgage rates as well as 40% deposits. Secondly, still tough to get a low deposit mortgage. With property sales volumes low again this month, it is expected that banks will have another quieter month as well. The share of owner-occupier lending at high LVRs dropped from 6% in June to 5.1% in July, so it'll be interesting to see if it fell again in August. Keep in mind that the speed limit for this lending is 10%. Thirdly, labour market probably still faring well. There's been a 0.5% monthly rise in filled jobs, which shows that the labour market is helping stabilise the market downturn. At the time of writing, August's job data has yet to be released, but there is a good chance that the figures will be shown to rise, and even if the growth was small, it would be caused by the shortage of skilled staff rather than a shortage of firms wanting more workers. Fourth, confidence up off the canvas. The ANZ consumer and business confidence results in August showed small signs of recovery. However, costs and prices remain a key issue for businesses. There haven't been too many shocks in September, which means confidence may increase further. We need to keep in mind that any improvement is from a very low base, which means a rapid economic rebound is not very likely yet. And fifthly, dwelling consents are likely to have dipped again. Davidson's expecting another decline in dwelling consent figures compared to the same month last year. This will be the third fall in a row, which signals that the slowdown has begun. Nevertheless, there is a big pipeline of consents approved, especially for smaller dwellings like townhouses. Builders could still be busy for a while yet. There's reason to think that the downturn would not be as deep as those in the past, now that the government supports the sector through the Build Ready Development Pathway. The government also gives incentives for both owner-occupiers and investors to keep buying new builds, such as reduced deposit requirements and tax advantages. If you want to hear my opinions on new builds versus existing property, feel free to join me at one of our live training sessions. You can register for one of those on our website, propertyapprentice.co.nz. I look forward to seeing you there.
Second topic for this week in review from interest.co.nz on the 25th of September, whether first-time buyers are benefiting from falling house prices depends on where they live. First-time buyers benefit from falling house prices because it reduces the amount buyers need for a deposit and the amount they need to borrow for a mortgage. However, if interest rates are rising at the same time as prices are falling, the benefits of a lower deposit and smaller mortgage can be outweighed by higher mortgage payments, leaving prospective first-home buyers no better off. I'd just like to say that's potentially for the short term not the long term. Nationally, the lower quartile selling price peaked at 670000 in November last year. By August this year, it had dropped by 70000 to $600,000. Around the regions, lower quartile prices in August were down from their peaks by 9000 in Southland and $145,000 in Wellington. The only region not to record a price decline was Taranaki, where the lower quartile price peaked in August this year. Those lower quartile prices reduced the amounts required for a 20% deposit on a lower quartile priced home. The reductions in the amounts needed for a deposit compared to the peak were above 20,005 regions. That's Northland, Auckland, Wellington, Nelson Marlborough and Otago. This is a dramatic shift and has likely helped many first home buyers get a deposit together for their first home. However, rising interest rates over the same period have overshadowed the shine of the price falls for many. There are only four regions, that's Northland, Wellington, Nelson, Marlborough and Otago, where the amount required for a 20% deposit and the weekly mortgage payments were both lower in August than they were when prices peaked in those regions. First home buyers in those regions have had a greater chance of getting into their own home as they're more affordable now compared to when prices peaked. First-home buyers in Hawke's Bay are also more likely to purchase a home now than they were when lower quartile prices in the region peaked in November last year, and that's because the amount needed for a 20% deposit has declined by $17,500 over that time, while the weekly payments on an 80% mortgage have only increased by $3 a week. Auckland first-home buyers are also benefiting from price falls as the amount required for a 20% deposit on a lower quartile-priced home has decreased by 23200 since the November 2021 peak. Over the same period, the amount needed to pay the 80% mortgage has increased by just $16 a week. They are plenty and Manawatu Wanganui first-home buyers are not as lucky as the amount that they need for a mortgage payment has increased by $34 a week and $98 a week respectively. So just remember that these figures all refer to the medians in a lower quartile price property. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that each individual property uh, is affected like that. And it also doesn't allow for the ability to negotiate below the median value if you know how to negotiate. So if you want to learn more, join me at one of our free Beginner's Guide to Property Investment events available online or in person in our office in Ellerslie in Auckland. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Look forward to hearing from you. Third topic, landlords.co.nz, 27th of September, property managers flout privacy rules. Consumer NZ recently conducted research to uncover the amount of information rental property managers collected from renters. 
The agency made use of mystery shoppers to check if there were any potential breaches to the Privacy Act. Alarmingly, they say, 6% of the mystery shoppers were asked to include bank statements as part of their application, which is not allowed under the Office of the Privacy Commissioner, that's the OPC, Guidance for Tenants. 10% of agents encouraged shoppers to volunteer information with a cover letter and a rental CV, which could show a person's age, gender, relationship status and employment status, all of which you're also not allowed to ask for. Some property managers believe that the more information a shopper gave, the smoother the process and the better the chances in securing a rental. One also suggested that additional information made in applications stand out from others. Mystery shoppers also asked how their information would be stored, and 14% of rental agents became noticeably disinterested in the caller when they asked about the privacy and security of their information. As part of the study, Consumer New Zealand asked people to share their experiences in the rental sector. This received one of the highest response rates in the watchdog's history. Gray, a 25-year-old tenant from Christchurch, said her landlord asked weird questions, including how long she'd held her phone number and asked for her boss's phone number to verify her place of work. She was also asked to provide bank statements and salary details. The OPC says that asking about a tenant's spending habits is unfair and unreasonably intrusive. Consumer New Zealand Chief Executive John Duffy mentioned that as the rental market remains tough all over the country, prospective tenants will be pressured into giving up more information just to be considered for a property. Duffy worries that some property managers could be discriminating against some applicants based on the information they provide. Privacy Commissioner Michael Webster said mystery shopping is one way the OPC monitors how well its guidelines are being followed. The OPC's guidance for tenants notes that landlords should not collect unnecessary and intrusive information. However, it also says that the information a prospective tenant offers during application is their choice. The guidance is designed to help landlords and property managers comply with the Privacy Act of 2020. A landlord or property manager should never ask a prospective tenant for information protected under the Human Rights Act, including the sex, including pregnancy and childbirth, sexual orientation or gender identity, relationship or family status, religious or ethical beliefs, colour, race, ethnicity or national origins, including nationality or citizenship, physical or mental disability or illness, age other than when the tenant is over 18, political opinion, employment status, being unemployed or on a benefit or on ACC, And Duffy hopes that the Consumer New Zealand finding will encourage property agents to clean up their act. The results also make the case for greater regulation of property agents. The Housing and Urban Development Ministry is investigating a regulatory regime. On this topic of the Privacy Act, uh, with regards to what questions you can and can't ask um, your prospective tenants, if you're a landlord or a property manager, I am going to be interviewing Serena from the Auckland Property Investors Association on Tuesday, who was quite involved with the process of coming up with the guidelines for the property managers. So I do think it is important to point out that the majority of landlords and property managers that were investigated during this um, mystery shopper, the majority of them were doing the right thing. There is just a few that are breaching the rules. So we need to make sure that people are doing this properly. All right, fourth topic for this week in review, the New Zealand Mortgage Mag on the 26th of September, new loan option for property investors. 
This is exciting for a lot of people. Non-bank lender Resi Mac has unveiled a new 20-year interest-only home loan for property investors. It's called the Cashflow 20 Investor Loan, and it's designed to help professional investors with interest-only payments until 2042. It's available for a maximum of 50% of the loan-to-value ratio, or LBR. Any money borrowed above that level would incur payments against the principal. Resimac hopes to encourage professional investors to hold or build a property portfolio with a greater certainty on cash flow. Resimac New Zealand General Manager Luke Jackson said that the banks are starting to clamp down on interest-only loans. He adds that there are investors wanting to maximise their yields. And in a world where there's so much uncertainty, such as legislative changes, this is one area where people can gain certainty. Jackson thinks that the 50% limit would not inhibit people from taking up the offer because it equated with the level of gearing of most property investments anyway. Only a few investors will still want 60 or 70%, but if they're interested, the company is willing to do that, although the extra amount above 50% would be on principal and interest, not just interest only. He added that when an investment can pay for itself with the rent meeting the costs, it becomes neutrally geared at about 50%. The interest rates for the loan are currently 6.59% for a floating rate, with various fixed rates on offer, such as 6.94% for two years. There's no fixed rates for the full 20 years. If you want help to work out whether or not this loan is appropriate for you, then feel free to get in touch with one of the mortgage advisors that we recommend at my team, which is miteam.co.nz, and we'll put you in touch with a good mortgage advisor that can help you out there. Topic number five, interest.co.nz on the 29th of September, ANZ economists expect house prices to keep falling over summer. ANZ economists are expecting house prices to keep falling by just over 1% a month until sometime next year. They're still anticipating a peak to trough decline in prices of about 15%. There's a lack of optimism on their end for a positive turn in the coming months because mortgage rates are lifting. Housing scarcity has been greatly reduced and affordability is still an issue, although it is a little better. The ANZ economists emphasise that households with high debt-to-income ratios will face higher risks if inflation, the OCR and mortgage rates continue to increase, unless, of course, they're on a fixed interest rate that will take them past the peak of the interest rate cycle. The latest New Zealand Property Focus report forecasts housing prices to keep slipping by just over 1% a month for the rest of this year, before gradually finding a floor over the first half of 2023. The report also reconfirmed ANZ Economist's earlier forecast that the Reserve Bank would increase the OCR to 4.75% by the middle of next year. If their prediction's proven correct, it's likely that many shorter-term fixed rates will go beyond 6%, which is clearly higher than where they are at present, although it is important to point out that the long-term average interest rate in New Zealand leading up to COVID, where the interest rates were slashed, uh, the long-term average interest rate's closer to 6.5% than 6%. So we're still currently at below average long-term interest rates. ANZ is New Zealand's biggest residential mortgage lender with total housing loans of $102 billion as at June 30th. So thank you for listening to This Week in Review. 
Hope to see you at one of our free events. Register at propertyapprentice.co.nz or if you'd like to find out more about how we can help you with your goals related to property investing, backed up with some financial advice from myself, who I am a financial advisor, then feel free to get in touch with us via our website as well, propertyapprentice.co.nz. You can book a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul. Thanks for listening.